You're listening to Frontlines, a podcast for the people that truly make mountain biking happen. Not the riders, racers, or product designers, but the builders, advocates, and the often forgotten board members of your local mountain bike trail association. My name is Rocky Blondin, and I'm the president of the Fraser Valley Mountain Bike Association, also known as the FEMBA. I recently wrote a blog post about wanting to become a trail builder called So You Think You Want to Be a Trail Builder. It's inspired this episode of Frontlines, and this is an adaptation of that post. My perspective comes from the west coast of Canada and my experience trail building here, but the themes contained within apply to almost anywhere we build trails. We hope you learned something here based on our experience, and we'd happy to hear yours. I'm your host, Rocky Blondin, and this is episode 53 of Frontlines. This is a fairly long explanation on what would seem like a simple topic. You want to build some trail? Sure, grab a shovel and get cracking, right? As I'll highlight today, it was never that simple, and today there's far more to it than ever before. That said, if we do things the right way, we're building trails that can last generations with less maintenance than before, stand legally in the eyes of government, and we can leave a permanent mark on our communities, which is a pretty humbling thought. We all want to leave some kind of legacy, right? Below and today, I'll lay out how anyone can do just that, but there is a process. Generally, every few weeks or so, we get some form of request to be a trail builder. These requests come in a variety of ways, some via our email, some via our partners in the community, local bike shops, and the like, others via our Facebook page and other social media, and finally, our least favorite method. Sometimes we uncover new building on a trail somewhere that tells us someone wants to be a trail builder. It's not we, as in our club at FEMBA, has tabs on all the trails out there and know when someone builds something new. We're not nearly as big brother as some of you would believe. We generally hear from one of our volunteer trail builders in a given riding zone about some new stunt, berm, gap, or fix that has been added haphazardly to a trail in the name of making it better for the new builder on that trail. This is not a new issue. I love crawling back into the Wayback Machine online from time to time, and an old post reminded me that this issue is as old as rock gardens. For example, one that came in recently was from our gang in the woodlot. Someone had fixed a log rollover on Bloggy Style and added a jump. In doing so, they did more damage than good. The construction was already falling apart when our trail reps removed it and restored the trail to what was there before. It was not that the trail shouldn't change, nor that adding a jump to a trail is bad. The issue in this case was that it was done poorly, without consultation or consent, and we at FEMBA are left holding the bag in times like these. We are coming close to having partnership agreements with our land manager, Rex Sites and Trails, for trails at our various riding areas, Vetter, Sumas, Bear, Red, and the Woodlot. We are having similar conversations and initiatives with other land managers in other riding areas too, cities, regional districts, BC parks, and private landowners. But 80% of the trails we oversee are on Crown land, and with that level of responsibility comes the need to ensure things are at a bare minimum safe. And safe doesn't mean easy. By no means are easy trails safe. Safe to the land manager generally means no surprises. Difficult trails are rated and signed as such, Anything that is not within the standard flavor of the trail is signed accordingly. But a new jump added to an existing trail using rotten wood that was ready to blow apart with the next rider on a dry day was not safe. It was also done without consent as noted. 
So the jump was removed. I use this as an example of some things we deal with as an organization on a weekly basis in all the areas we are responsible for. I'll use myself as an example of how one became a trail builder in days gone by. I started digging by coming out to a North Shore Mountain Bike Association trail day on Corkscrew or Pangor. It was about 15 years ago, so forgive me if I get the details wrong. I was inspired to do so as I rode CBC and loved it and realized that trails don't build themselves. I was also looking for a selfish outlet for my philanthropic streak, so building a trail seemed to scratch that itch. Anyway, I was one of many volleys on a big dig day, and I still have fond memories of the one corner where four of us spent four hours for the entire day. We did one corner for four hours. As I've come to learn over the years, that is the amount of time needed to build quality trail that lasts. As I was thinking about this post and remembering all my trail building milestones, my thoughts drifted to the people that led those charges, how important a role they played, and the lessons I learned from them. On that day, Andrew Major was a guy that got my attention as he was putting a bunch of noobs like me to good use. It was an impressive feat. From there, I was riding at SFU a lot on Burnaby Mountain, and I attended the Burnaby Mountain Bike Association AGM to see what that was about. In that meeting, they were giving out free hats to those that signed up for the board and I'm a sucker for hats, so I started my career in advocacy. Andrew was a player at that table too, but Judy Guerin comes to mind when I think about the BMBA. She was one of the OG ladies of MTB in my world, and I learned a ton about what advocacy means from her and the crew at the Burnaby Mountain Bike Association. We as a club fixed up Nicole's and built the new Gear Jammer at the time, in partnership with the city of Burnaby, which was full of its own inherent challenges. I always tell the story about the half-inch spacer we had to use to set the space between rungs on woodwork. Every piece of wood. This was to ensure the bridges were compliant with Burnaby standards and compatible with four-legged friends. Another important lesson there about building inclusively. After a couple years there, I had moved to Coquitlam and started riding Eagle Mountain regularly. I was on the Fat Boys forums, remember internet forums, and found out about a trail day on Randy's. I went and met my future trail-building buddy Daryl and our mentor while on Eagle, John Keener. John took us aside that day or another day thereafter and told us that a trail called Manhandler could use some love. So we gave it a couple years of love, the best we knew how at the time. We built some stuff that was awesome, some stuff that was okay, and some stuff that was pretty bad. Built well. Between Daryl and I, we knew how to build a decent structure, but we were out to lunch in the flow factor. Dorp to fault was our specialty. Anyway... We brought John up any time we got into trouble for advice and feedback. He was our journeyman along with a few others as we apprenticed in the trade of trail work. I learned there to be humble as I knew very little about trail work even though I thought I knew it all. While living in Coquitlam, I was also on the forums for those nut jobs out in the Fraser Valley and got wind of a trail day on timeout on Sumas. There we were led by Steve Rossett and co. to do some real good work while having a real good time. From Steve I learned the art of a good trail day. That day needs to be fun and rewarding, and you can get a group of volunteers to work their tails off, all for a free lunch. I moved to Mission, BC in 2010 and started being more active on the forums out this way. I offered to be a trail whipping boy for anyone who wanted one, and lo and behold, Tom Mackesee invited me to be a rock hound for him on Momentum. Him and I moved rocks for four hours straight, with his dog Sasha barking at me the entire time. That rock work is still there, going strong, seven years later. Another reminder that four hours in a corner can last a lifetime. Today, I'm a serial maintainer and president of the Trail Association. I've built sections of trail and maintained a ton, but I still don't have a trail that I can call my own. I plan to get there one day. 
My kids need to leave the house first, and I need someone to fill my shoes in a couple years at the club. In the meantime, I'm trying to use my path to today to illustrate that it could take years and sometimes decades to become proficient as a trail builder. And I still learn something every time that I build with someone else. I'm only confident today that I can build good, quality trail and teach others to do the same from the experience the past has offered me. The point I really want to get across in telling my journey is that if you want to build trail, the best way to start is coming out to a trail day and learning the ropes. No matter your age or experience, you'll meet some people, learn some tricks, and with any luck, get the building bug. The cool thing about the building bug, it's way cheaper than the riding bug. As I'll outline in a bit, your trail association can pay to support your building habit. Odds are you're not a pro rider, or maybe you are, but it's a tough grind to get someone to pay for your riding habit. Want to be a supported builder? Let's get into what that could look like with our club. We'll start with a theoretical you. You ride bikes and love the trails and like me realized at one point that they don't build themselves and you want to start building. Or else you see a trail that has been neglected, but it is your hands down favorite trail and you want to see it return to former glory. Also a good reason to get into building. Step one, contact your local trail association. They will have a general inbox of some kind. In that initial contact, indicate your intentions for building. Wanting to adopt a neglected trail, wanting to build a new line, wanting to help haul rocks, whatever your pleasure, will take all kinds. You can offer feedback too on trail work you are seeing out there. Props are always welcome, but so is criticism. We at the club have relatively thick skin, so please, respectfully, let us know your thoughts. From here, your inquiry will get rooted to the right person for that region or network or trail. Bear with us, this can take time and the ball may get dropped. Remember, most of us are volunteers, and we do this on the side of our day jobs and our day lives, so it's not always our number one priority. We're getting better and better over time, and we at our club have staff to field the direct and initial inquiry. If the ball does get dropped, feel free to be persistent. You won't hurt our feelings by asking politely a few times. Step two, work with whomever you connect with to meet up and discuss your intentions. Be warned, you may get an answer that you don't want to hear. If the original builder of a trail doesn't want it changed, for example, you may get that answer. Or, if you want to build a new line, that may not be feasible where you want to put it for a variety of reasons. These answers don't come to rain on your parade. Just the realities of things on the ground before you got here. However, if you come in with humble ambitions, the answer will likely be an enthusiastic yes, and you will get asked to come help with some work here and there. Trail builders can be a funny bunch. Think about it. Most of them like to wander into the forest with a load of tools, food, and a beverage reward of choice for hours and days at a time, and be alone. So bear with them as they come into the light of day to work with you and your idea. They're going to give you their feedback, and not always sugarcoated either. Please know that they want you to rise to the level of building experience and avoid making the same mistakes. It's kind of like parenting. We at the FEMBA are also working with our experienced builders to be more accepting of new builders to our fold, and know that all of us tend to have to make our own mistakes to learn important lessons. Building into the slope, crossing a runoff without great reversals of drains, they'll learn about drainage next winter. Using organic soil, they'll learn when that corner lasts one of serious West Coast rainstorm. You can tell them that a hundred times, but sometimes you need to let these things sort themselves out. Step three. From here, it forks out in a litany of directions. Want to build a new line? We'll walk you down the road of getting prior informed consent from all stakeholders on Crownland before a shovel ever hits the ground. The quick version for us is GPS the line, perform an environmental screening to check for wildlife, 
and other effects, water or environmental interference. Review First Nations' traditional territory and land status and engage them for prior informed consent to build trails in that area. Then, we submit that application to the provincial government for approval on behalf of the FEMBA. Getting this approval can take one to two years or more, so patience is mandatory. We as a club are at the provincial table with IMBA, trying to work with all stakeholders to reduce the roadblock to what amounts to people wanting to volunteer their time to better their community. However, this is the process we must follow for all new trail building. We can't follow the rules of the past because those rules didn't include all stakeholders. And this is the reason we have so much legwork now to get all existing trails into good standing. All public trails are on borrowed land of some kind, so we need to respect that moving forward. Step four, while you wait for your paperwork to move, or if your original ambition is to fix up an old line, you can apprentice with one of our trail builders on an existing trail and or adopt your own existing trail to learn the craft and or better your skills. There is no substitute for time on the tools and advice from people who have done it for decades. So it's a great thing that they want to teach. Some of them do, not all though. We'd be happy to pair you with a builder that does. We as a club will support you 100% in this endeavor with the hand tools, materials needed, and any training you want to pursue. Want to use a chainsaw? We offer chainsaw safety training for our builders. Want to learn some builder basics? We partner with Imba Canada to offer trail building classes to learn the fundamentals of building sustainable and lasting trails. Step 5. Start learning. Ask questions, but also try things. There isn't a wrong answer if you are the adopted builder on a trail. You get to call the shots. But always remember the four hours per corner rule of thumb. If it took you 20 minutes to fix a problem corner, it'll last about that long in a rainstorm with riders. Take the time. Do it right. If you don't know what right is, that's okay. Ask questions. That is a great way to build inclusively and respect the builders before you too. Step six, engage the public. You are free to run trail days on trails where we are in good legal standing. Some of our trails means established trails. Others are under a letter of understanding with rec sites and trails. Either way, as long as your trail is one of these, and we will only assign you to one of these, then we can host volunteer trail days to work on them. You plan the day, figure out how we feed people, how to spread the word via our website, social media, email blasts, and get the word out there. We'll compensate you for your trouble. Gas isn't free and it takes time to plan these things well. Work with your fellow local builders to be able to put 10 to 30 to 50 willing souls to good use and feed them after and everyone will leave with a smile on their face and a small legacy. They get to lay claim to one four-hour corner. You get 40 to 120 to 200 man-hours of labor into your labor of love, your adopted trail. It may not all be just the way you want it. That's okay. You can tweak afterwards. No one will complain. And if they do, we have your back. This is one of a few ideal ways for a new person to a scene to get into trail building in the area. There are a few other ways to apply the trade, but it all starts with a conversation. Contact your local trail association, and we'd be happy to have a chat about what your goals are and how we can support you in your efforts. Sadly, so many times, this is what we see happen. New builder-to-be comes into a trail network and decides they want to fix a corner or an entire trail. They buy their own supplies and volunteer their time to do what they think is a good job. It may even be a good job, as they might be a landscaper for a living or have built great trails elsewhere. However, the incumbent trail builders don't take favorably to this and react in a variety of ways. They generally will remove the unsafe construction with club support, as we do have a duty to ensure the trails are safe. They will approach the new builder, and generally, the discussion is pretty unsavory. 
The incumbents are defensive due to the lack of consultation on their trails, and the new builder thinks that they are doing good things and can't understand how anyone could be mad about this. I've seen it from both sides, and it boils down to a misunderstanding. But it sours both sides and does no good. The alternative is communication. Reach out to FEMBA or your local club and ask questions before you start digging. Legally, you should be doing that anyway with the land manager unless you own the land. And in that case, it is your land. Fly at it. But for crown land, park land, city property, basically anywhere that you aren't the private landowner or you have their consent, you need to consult a process to do any trail work legally. We at the FEMBA are here to support you and all volunteer trail builders. Our informal policy on builder support is the volunteer builder is always right. Period. When disputes arise, as long as everyone is playing within legal boundaries, then we will side with the adopted builder of a trail. Don't like the work they're doing on a given section of trail? If they are giving their time and effort and have gone about it the right way as prescribed, we have their back. You want to say? Don't voice it on the internet. Everyone knows that trolling online like that is the easy way out, and ultimately an ineffective and unconstructive way for people to voice their concerns. Come talk to us. Talk to the builder. Be respectful. You are absolutely entitled to your opinion, but so is the builder, and on their trail, their opinion is worth 100 points to your one. Get 100 friends to agree with you, and maybe the builder will start to see it your way. And if they still don't, then we still have their back. We will happily walk you down the process of legally building your own trail. We'll buy the shovel, too. Please keep in mind this does not come from a place of masterminding or owning the trails. The local trail association is a vehicle for an area and the trail builder specifically to use to the benefit of their mountain bike community. The club doesn't own any of the trails. The builders do in spirit, but ultimately the landowner owns any given trail. So we all need to work together to be respectful of everyone's wishes and concerns. And when a trail is unadopted, the club does inherit that responsibility. But all of those orphan trails are looking for a good volunteer trail builder to give them love and attention that makes them so great. As they say, trails don't build themselves, but they also don't maintain themselves, drain themselves, trim themselves. You get the idea. It takes a village and a few leaders within that village to ensure no trail gets left behind. Want to be one of those leaders? Drop your local club a line. We'll be stoked you did. Like always, you can find the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at FrontlinesMTB. You can send an email or audio file to info at FrontlinesMTB.com. You can stream the show on Mountain Bike Radio, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and YouTube. And if you haven't done so already, leave a review on wherever you get the show. It helps others find the podcast. Don't forget to support the show via PayPal. You can find a link in the show notes. And in the show notes, you'll find a link to the original blog post and links to the FEMBA. Brent will be back in the new year with a new episode on sharing the trails. Music, as always, is by Lee Rosevere. Production notes by Jennifer Pride. Artwork is created by Brandon Gallagher-Watson and BGW Creative. And big thanks to Ben Welnack and the team at Mountain Bike Radio for your continued support. And finally, I'm Rocky Blondin. This is Frontlines. Thanks for listening, and happy trails. <laughs>